10? Uh, yes. A confused mind. Who's confused here? <laughs> it's true. It's a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> Who am I? Okay. Um, well, you're in rehab. And uh, you did a lot of stuff you shouldn't have. So you ended up here. Don't be confused about that fact. These are consequences, not trials or tribulations. You've ended up here because of your behavior. Don't be confused about that. A confused mind is a real, real tricky thing. Um, and uh, you'll see as Tony Joyce, as I'm a teacher of the book, and I'm going to give you guys some Bible verses. Um, you believe all of it. You believe all of it. Um, Ephesians 5, it speaks about, I told you guys before, about uh, everything done. Uh, everything done in the If you shine a light on something that's in the dark, it becomes, the, the other version is actually pretty more. Listen to how cool this verse is. And uh, everything that you do in the dark comes to light. But anyway, it says, But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. You know, yesterday I told you, I was about, uh, you, must, uh, you must see yourself as you are. Now, you can only work, if you see yourself as you are, that's a place from a foundation where you can work from working on yourself, changing the things you don't like about yourself. And that takes someone in the light to show you that you are in the dark in some areas. Because I understand that. So correction is a huge part of uh, recovery, unfortunately, and trust building. Don't be confused about that. Don't be confused about the fact when you leave here, you'll be watched like a hawk. Don't be confused about that. You are not trusted. Don't be confused about that. Some of you like, like, would like to be trusted, but you know, by your fruit you shall be known. And at this stage, uh, you know, your family hasn't heard much about you. And, uh, you've written them simulated. You know, We ask you guys, for the first three weeks or whatever that you hear, you write, or the first six weeks you write an email every week. You know how many times I've had to ask people to write their families emails, but they complain to me that they miss them. That's the truth. You miss your kids, but you do nothing to send them any letters. You expect them to phone you and love you and write you all the emails, but you're the one making trouble. <laughs> yes, even if it hurts, even if it hurts, these are people in your family that you need, you need loved ones, you need your sons and daughters, you need, don't be confused about that, at this stage you are untrustworthy, well that's, but you know what I mean, some of you are here early, some of you are different levels in your recovery, been here a long time, some of you are shooting for a year, some of you have been here a year, But don't be confused about those kind of things. And your battle, like, you know, Uncle Derek used to sell me a lot of things. Uh, and, and when he, he never, I wasn't involved when he actually teaching, but in his preachings, he, he likes, he would always focus on, on how you think, what you think, and uh, the battlefields in your mind. You lose that. You, if you lose the battle in your mind, you're done. You give up, it's over. Doesn't matter how strong you are or how fit you are, or how clever you are. If you lose the battle in your mind, it's over. 
You guys like training, like uh, most of you. Most of you like gym, you like training and things like that. You train your body in a certain way and it can do certain things. Yeah? So why don't you train your, train, train your mind in the same kind of way? It's also a, it's, it's what makes you tick. A lot of times, even, even uh, we spend so much time on this part of our bodies, but not enough time on this part of our bodies. And then you wonder why you're confused so much. Like the beard. <laughs> you know? Okay, let's look at that. Tony Joyce says, She says, I lived much of my life like that, not realizing that the devil had declared war against me and that my mind was the battlefield and I was totally confused by everything and didn't understand why. Reasoning. Reasoning. Reasoning about your time here. Reasoning about this and reasoning about that and reasoning about things and not focusing on things that are important but focusing on other little things that are not important which won't make a, it won't make a difference in your life but you consumed by it. And that thing that you are consumed about is the reason why you're confused. Obsessed is confusion. Matthew 16, 8 says, O ye of little faith, why reason ye among yourselves? I can reason myself at anything, eh? but I live by a moral value uh, foundation which has been planted into me by Jericho and Lucas and Rolf and Lodens and you know, Dirkie, all these people that are speaking to my life are very, very, very important because they show me what's in the dark. And if I know it's in the dark, the Bible verse says then it's illuminated and that thing becomes a light. Even that gets worked for your good. Your weaknesses. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. A large percentage of God's people are admittedly confused. How many of you are confused? I'm confused, Jock. I don't know. Things are tough. Being confused and double-minded... If you're fighting with, the, with, the, with your time, yeah, if you, if you don't think you need this and you know, we say you do and you say you don't, that's double-mindedness. You, you, you either stay or go, you're in and out, you're lukewarm, you're hot and you're cold, you're yes and you know, and it's a song that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Katy Perry. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, that's double-mindedness. You can't be... Can't be double-minded. The Bible says you're unstable in all your ways. Working towards a goal. Yesterday we spoke about your reasonable service. Finishing your time here is the reasonable service. It's, it's, not what, it's not over and above what's asked from you. It's just what's expected of you.
It's only a handful of times since I've been here that people have actually said, you know, Jock, I need a little longer. That's chasing something, chasing a goal. Can't make the same mistakes again, so let me see how much more I can learn. But you guys are so hung up on the, on the time that you're, you, you don't learn anything. You know, when I hear you, um, you guys are thanking us for the classes and thanking Lucas for preachings, and there's a huge difference between listening and doing. Eh? Don't, don't, don't think because you heard it, it's now, it's now yours. A lot of people, that's just a confusion. The thing is, if you, if you hear what we are saying, then apply it. There's an action that has to come from your side. If you hear a good thing or a good preaching and there's in each preaching, every time I sit in a class or a preaching or whatever, there's always something for me, always. That's how the Holy Spirit works. There's always something for you there. But I must apply it. I don't just hear it and I, oof, yeah, no. Woo, what a teaching. Woo! And then just carry on like I was. Um... Why? As we have seen, uh, one, of, one of the reasons is wondering. Another reason is uh, the legal pendle defies ransom as a noun, undeclaring the motive that provides logical sense for a premise or occurrence. And the verb is a user quick faculty of reasoning or logic. God is not a logic. You cannot, you, you cannot, God is not logic. He's, he's way and above than what you think. Way and above. His, his ways are not your ways. He doesn't think like you. He doesn't speak like you. You made in His image and likeness, but you are not God. You cannot think out God. What? I think a lot of times I, uh, I spend time with uh, like, uh, why God? But who am I to ask God why? It's true. If I know, if I trust the fact all that I am, knowing that everything that I do will work out for my good, even takes the bad, if I trust and love him and involve him in everything, who am I to ask him why? And we all want answers, bro. We, we, we can't live without answers. Can't you just walk in faith? Confused and doubt, they go together. What conquers doubt? Faith. Conquers it. If I'm doubting a lot of things, I remember that. Sure, I remember who God is in my life. And I remember, and I look back at what He's done for me, what He's pulled me through. Been much tougher than three weeks extras or four weeks punishment. It pulled me, pulled you out of the dark, man. Dangerous places. But I have faith. If I look back, I have faith. A simple way to say it is, reasoning occurs when a person tries to figure out why behind everything. Why did I use drugs? You know, I started off because it was nice. And then I came to realize that there's a lot of stuff I didn't do. If I don't involve God in everything, things go haywire. And you've seen it. You've all been given up to a debased mind. 
All of you, you know exactly what kind of destruction and stuff you can cause. One of my favorite things are two things that are, one of them Rolf says, and I think he says it a couple of times before, but something that really rings with me. It says, uh, just because you're sober doesn't mean you've changed. Think about that. Just because you spend time here doesn't mean you've changed. And the other one is, if you're negotiating consequences, you're not taking responsibility. Like you guys like to do, negotiate. It leaves everything bad. All the trust that you build goes out the door, shows that you've changed nothing. You can't negotiate your consequences for your behavior. How, the, how, does, that, how does that work? None of that hurt and things that you feel about being away from your family, why don't you use that as fuel never to come back? I told you guys a lot about disappointment. You must learn how to handle disappointment. It's a very big thing in recovery. And instant gratification. Things that are worth waiting for are hard to get. I'm a pastor now, so I spoke to, uh, I think it was Kate the other day, and I said to her that there was, if I could count out of these three years that I've been serving, I've probably given up, tried to give up probably like a hundred times in three years. It's a third of a year. For, for six months, I was trying to give up, but obviously on different occasions. But I wouldn't be a pastor standing here today if I did. And that must ring stuff. That must. This is one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. Absolutely the hardest thing. And I guarantee you, the thing that you want most is also going to be hard to get. Goal-wise. There's going to be stuff in the way. You have to climb over stuff, break stuff down. Get rid of some stuff that you really like. Good decisions cost sacrifice, bro. Good decisions cost something. Reason cause the mind to resolve round and around a situation, issue, or even attempting to understand all intricate component parts. We are, I don't know, I don't know how, a lot of things don't work, but let's take, I don't know how that mixer works, I just know what it does, it plays music, and I need to know that, I don't need to know what's going on inside of it, because then I get someone else to fix it, but if I look at a, at a situation that we find ourselves in, yeah, daily on operations, kind of, you know, uh, Situation, I do operations, yeah, so uh, a lot of things are, that's cool because a lot of things have to mix and match and they have to make plans and make sure that things all run smoothly. But I, I have people involved that do the detail. I just see the plan. 
I don't do the driving myself. I don't pay the things myself. I just got a plan. I don't even know how everything works, but it does. You don't need to know the ins and outs of your recovery. Yeah. You just need to know that you need a freaking change. You guys get involved in all kinds of little nitty gritty little things that have got no idea. It's got nothing to do with you. Everything that counts is in these sessions, in the offices, where you get counseled, and your behavior. That's what you need to focus on. Nothing about running this place at all. But a lot of times people are like, yes, I wouldn't do that. I'll do it like this. <laughs> you know, if I had this, you know what I'll do. The devil's stealing time from you, brother. Jericho will, was here long before I arrived, and Jericho will be here long after I leave. Now we are reasoning when we just test the statement or teaching to see for if it's logical and if it's not, we discard it. So if it doesn't make sense to you, it can't be true. You know how freaking dangerous that is? That's very dangerous. If I tell you something and you immediately say, uh, you know, it comes down to the thing, just because you're offended doesn't make me wrong. It's a real thing. Right? The thing is, if you feel like uh, you're angry at me now, you think you're right. I'm not. Same goes for me. But immediately my, I puff up myself and I, I think of me. <laughs> but you'll see, normally you get offended. It's, a, it's normally because uh, someone sees you for you really are. Offense can only be taken. Yeah. I can offend you if I like, bro. No, don't watch out for that, bro. It's a, it's a scary thing, Chris, because uh, if my heart's wrong, I can offend you, brother. And I guarantee you, you'll take it. Watch out for that. If you have peace in your heart, don't let someone steal your peace. But if I wanted to offend you, I could. Don't uh, be careful. Very, very careful. Uh, Satan Frigi steals uh, the will of God from us due to reasoning. The Lord may direct us to a certain thing, but it does not make sense. Uh, it is not in logic. We may be even tempted to disregard it. What God leads a person to do does not always make logical sense to his mind. It's a good way of, uh, a good way of maybe using, if you want to hear God's voice more clearly. It, it normally goes totally against what you feel. <laughs> And it ends up way better than you ever, ever thought. Because this thing, this thing, no one's pleasure all the time. Wants to, to feel lacquer, be lacquer. You guys know what the, the satanic Bible's motto is, eh? It's do what thou wilt. Do what you want. Okay, let's check what got you is. thing is, if you keep on, you'll reap this. The Bible says you'll reap its fruits. You'll reap its fruits. 
His spirit may affirm it and his mind reject it. His spirit may affirm it, but your mind rejects it. So you feel in your spirit, it's a knowing that you know, that you know, that you know. But it goes, sits right here. You know it's true. Suddenly, like, for that split second, you know exactly what to do. And when you get there, it's like, so all of a sudden, like, oh, yes, no. Can't be that. And you start reasoning. Instead of just go doing it, like, praying for someone. And yet, you, you have to get taught, not teach you. But the thing is, if he... If Brad feels the urge to preach to Jones, and he knows that he knows that he knows that this is God saying he must go preaching, he must be obedient and go pray for him. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's a knowing. But before I get to Jones, all of a sudden I was like, oh, what is he going to think of me? What's he going to think of me? What, uh, you know, does he really need prayer? Am I just hearing voices in my head? Do I need any meds? But it's true. Uh -huh. Rejected, especially if you would be out of an ordinary or unpleasant or even if you require personal sacrifice or discomfort. So if you feel like it will sacrifice you something, you start thinking secondly. You start thinking like, oh, no. But in that sacrifice, God will reward you. There will be a breakthrough in your life. That's why we all do fastings and breakthroughs and give time up for God and show Him how important He is. And maybe you're fasting on an answer that you would like. Tell your counselor if you're doing anything like that because you want you healthy. Okay. Um, here is a practical personal illustration that I hope will help bring you more understanding on the issue of reasoning in the mind versus obedience in the spirit. One morning I was getting dressed in the ministry, a weekly meeting, and I conducted near my hometown. I started thinking about a woman who ran out of the ministry who helps, uh, the, who helps there and faithfully has been, she has been. Our desire, desire rose up in her heart and Something bless her in some way. Father Ruth Ann has such a blessing to all of us. These years I've prayed, what can I do to bless her? Immediately my eyes fell on a red dress. Your favorite red dress. Yep. Uh -huh. <laughs> what would you do? Mm -mm. Obviously the story carries on. Do you guys read these stories at all? Uh, oh, you do? Yeah. Put up hands you read it. Okay, I'm not going to speak again. It's the majority. The rest of you start reading your freaking stuff. Okay, so um, who would give up their, their stuff if. Uh... <laughs> no? Give up uh, your. Favorite yeah. Favorite dress, favorite pair of jeans, favorite pair of shoes. Your car. Your car. <laughs> <laughs> Red car. <laughs> yes, you guys must uh, understand this. I want to tell you a story about that car quickly. So, I was blessed with that car. It was given to me out of the blue by uh, friends of mine. 
And uh, the way that came about, uh, we did Bible school and uh, things were happening and, and all kinds of stuff. And I, and I really needed a car at the time and I was praying for a car. And I don't know where it was going to come from. And I had all these plans in my head how to get one and, and that kind of stuff. And then like a, two weeks or three weeks afterwards, after that kind of stuff, and things were getting tougher to get to Bible school and back. And, and then uh, out of the blue, friends of mine phoned me and said, Joel, you must come uh, to Rudderport. We want to see you. And as I get there, they had a call there for me. And they gave me a call. I've been given a lot of things in my life, but a car. That's actually the second time I've been given a car. My mom gave me my first one. So I think I'm blessed. What do you mean? Do you guys know that if you earn $2, the, the average, what was it? The average uh, money spent in the world, if you're uh, the, the lowest amount or the, the purest, the people that are not as fortunate as we are, they live on $2 a day. And then they count you as fortunate in the world. It's bad, boo. They count you as fortunate if you, earn, if you can spend $2 a day on your food and things like that. So you guys have a lot to be grateful for. You don't even work while you sit here. And you guys get tuck money and meds money. And you guys write me budgets, which are totally ridiculous. And still you sit here, not earning a cent. Thinking, listen, this is what I need. Just be with me. Now you guys are paying through your teeth about some other stuff. But listen, listen, I can't live without these things. <laughs> can't, mom, how can you expect me to recover if I can't smoke? I'm serious. You guys still stop smoking? Still stopped? Four days. Three days. Three days. Three days. Two days. Give me a little hand, man. Told you guys before, you've got no idea how your life will change if you stop smoking. My whole life changed. Everything. I started teaching, preaching, flipping, counseling. I lifted up. I could hear God more clearly. Things made more sense. I wasn't so confused about things anymore. I was, my whole life changed. And that was important to me. Smoking wasn't. Okay, the red dress. So think about what you'll give up if God tells you to. There's <laughs> always be, a, be obedient, you know. Always be obedient. Even if it doesn't seem right at the time, you, you, you teach yourself to, uh, to hear God more clearly. I told you guys the other day when Elijah ran away. Um, you know, there was earthquakes and fire and wind and stuff, but God wasn't in there. And then God spoke to me in a still small voice. And, you know, he whispers because he's close. He whispers because he's righteous. In your fire, he's righteous. He whispers because he's close. Be a doer of the word. Be doers of the word. Obey the message. Do not merely listen to it. Betraying yourselves into, de into deception by reasoning contrary to the truth. See yourself as you really are. 
It's an enlightening thing. It's a thing that really it, it opens your eyes to a lot of things when you start seeing yourself as you really are. Start seeing yourself as a person that really made trouble, hasn't got it all together, not been a good son or daughter or wife or husband or father or mother. Don't fool yourself in these things. See yourself as this, and then from there on you grow. And then those things that you really want to change, and the things that you see yourself are, and, or as not, and hang on to the things that are important, then. Because those are the things that will help you stay clean. If you, for one second, who will choose drugs here over their families? No, no, no. Who would do it? But we all did. We all did. But you come here and say, no, I'm not going back. I'm not this person. I'm not this. I'm not that. You did it. So don't, don't, don't. That's why see yourself as you are. I won't make the same mistakes again, Jacques. I'm telling you I won't. I guarantee you when push comes to shove and you haven't learned what you should learn, bah. Took my five, took me five or six times. Still don't know the, the exact amount. Take it from me, man. It's it harder and worse. It really does. You haven't got a. And it, uh, it's, you start where you left off. Maybe not immediately, but before you know it, it gets all deeper. The hole that you can find yourself in gets deeper. Brett said, I mean, the other day, which is pretty cool, he said, uh, some of you, for the stuff of Genesis, have been in prison. But you, yeah, this isn't prison. Some of you see it like prison because it's locked in your brain. Change the way you think. Perspective. Stop being confused about stuff. You in rehab, you need to change your life. I love my family. They're important. I'm going to show them. Bah. Yeah. Commit, bro. Commit. Stop half commit. Commit. Pay as if you like. Father God, thank you all for this class. I left everybody in this room up to you, including myself. Whew. Please rain on us with your spirit, freshly outpoured spirit, Father God. Please guide us and lead us in your wisdom. And Father God, all of this is for you and I, I, I do pray it and I, I pray that you show us again what's important in our lives and how we hang on to these things and our time is so precious and we don't want to be a home, away from home anymore. So give us the courage and the, and the strength to tackle these things that hinder us so badly so we don't have to be away from home anymore. Please uh, go with everyone with uh, heartache and broken hearts, Father God. You say you are close to them. Yes, everybody in this room needs you so badly, Father God. Just to show them in ways that they understand. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.